I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that just as He has gathered us here today on this day of Jumu'ah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us along with our families in Jatul Firdaus al-A'la in the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Brothers and sisters, often we don't find these kind of opportunities where we have the adults, the, the parents, the children, all attend a Jummah khutbah due to school and due to work. But today, keeping in mind that this is Friday on a holiday week and everyone is here today, I just want to really highlight just two important things today in my khutbah that is relevant to our adults, but it is very specifically relevant to our youth and our children, inshallah. First of all is that in these past several weeks, things have not been easy for the Muslim Ummah. And we're going through a difficult time. But at the same time, we do have to realize that we have, this is not our first time. As they say in English, this is not our first rodeo. We've been down this road before, and we've seen difficult times in our life. In a certain capacity, every single difficulty, every single challenge brings its own scent of wrinkles. And we as a Muslim community, we encourage each other, we console each other, and we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In these last several weeks, we have seen a very, we've seen a manifestation of Allah's power. We've seen a manifestation of this beautiful verse of the Quran where Allah says, That though no matter how many times they plan, and no matter how many bright minds come together and they plan, ultimately the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always supersedes. We've seen the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've seen the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come into fruition. But at the same time, we have to always go back to the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what did he tell us about the coming of the end times? And what is he telling us about the future? Because if we go back to the seerah and the sunnah of the Prophet wallahi, there are so many pieces, so many amazing guidelines given to us by the Prophet that can help us go through and get through any challenge, inshaAllah. First of all is that we have to understand that we as Muslims, what we're going through today is really nothing compared to what the Muslims in the past went through. As Rasulullah one time he was leaning against the Kaaba, and we've heard the story before where some people, they came to the Prophet and they said to him, that, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for us. We're going through a very difficult time. And instead of the Prophet ﷺ telling them that no matter, you know, no matter what it is, just remain patient, inshallah, the Prophet ﷺ gave them perspective. That here you're complaining about your challenges. Look at the challenges of the people of the past. This is why the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is talking about the challenges of the people of the past, that's why we talk about the challenges of the people of the past. Because this was the nature of the Prophet It provides perspective. Rasulullah is telling the Sahaba that you're talking about your challenges. There are people who came before and who were sawed in half, but they did not waver in their faith. Now, when we talk about the life or the history after the Prophet first of all, in the time of the Prophet it was very difficult. You're talking about media propaganda against Muslims. They had their own media propaganda also. They were called the Quraysh. 
They would constantly spread propaganda against Islam and Muslims. They will call Rasulullah just like today, Muslims are usually referred to in media as a terrorist, unfortunately. But in the time of the Prophet to destroy the credibility of the Prophet they will call him a kahin, they will call him a sahir, they will call him a majnoon. These are the words and the, the titles that they would use and these names they would throw at Rasulullah to destroy his reputation. And whenever the Quraysh saw that there was a Muslim who may waver in their faith, <coughs> they would go and attack that person. So we find this in the time of the Prophet Then we find in history when the Crusades came and they massacred so many Muslims. I mean Muslims in the thousands, yet the Muslims did not waver in their faith. And not only that, but in the 13th century, we also find that when the Tatar, when they came, the Mongols came and they ransacked Baghdad. And not only just Baghdad, but so many other places where Muslims were living. And not just in the thousands, but in the millions. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Baghdad was considered as the jewel of the entire world. But for six weeks, this jewel was cracked and shattered by the ferocious Tatar army. And they came and they made sure that the, the rivers were red with the blood of the Muslims living there. Women who were there were savagely attacked. And not only that, but all the accumulation of the world libraries that was situated in Baghdad were destroyed and they were turned into ashes. In fact, we find in history that they took all these books that were found in the, the libraries of Baghdad and they threw them into the rivers and the rivers remained black due to the ink for months and months. Yet the Muslims did not give up their Iman and faith. And when we once again talk about Muslims lo losing their lives, we're not talking about the thousands, we're talking about in the millions. Not one million, millions. Yet, these Muslims, they went through this in the past. We've seen this throughout our history. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Do you really believe that your faith is going to come at no price? No, you are, when you say la ilaha illallah, when you say you are a Muslim, when we say we are Muslims and we stand by our deen, no matter what the society says, no matter what, what the media is saying, I am proud to be a Muslim and I stand proud and tall to be in, in as a Muslim. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us. Because you can make a claim, but if there is no test behind that claim, then there is no true authenticity to that claim. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends our way different tests. Yes, at the same time, we do understand that different tests will come to different people based on the capacity of their faith and their iman. We cannot, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us here. We do not have the faith and the iman as our brothers and sisters in Gaza. I mean, you're talking about people whose houses have been blown up and yet they're standing outside their houses, looking at their houses, and all they have to say is, Alhamdulillah. Wallahi, you and I, we don't have that faith. 
We have people who are standing over there who are saying salam to their children as they are dying that give our salams to Ibrahim alayhi salam, subhanAllah. You and I, we don't have that faith. Allah is testing us in a different way. Allah is testing the people in Gaza in a different way. Allah tests all the Muslims around the world in different ways. However, we do have to also come back to the hadith of Prophet this very beautiful hadith that does provide us once again some perspective. The hadith of Anas ibn Malik where the Prophet says that there will come a time upon the people when holding on to religion will be like holding on to a hot coal. So what does that mean? That, it, that religion will be difficult to hold on to just like it is difficult to hold on to coal. First of all is that using common sense, when you talk about burning coal, it is difficult for anyone to hold on to burning coal. Of course, it is painful. But Rasulullah is telling us that there will come a time where your religious commitment will be required. You will be asked to not waver in your faith. No matter if your back is against the wall, you don't waver in your faith. So when we talk about holding on to our faith, what are some of the key areas that you and I, we struggle in holding on to our faith? Number one is holding on our faith in general, meaning that whatever we see going, whatever we see going on from a spiritual perspective, I mean, whatever we see going on, there are so many Muslims who are saying, if we are the ones who are on the haq, if we believe in Allah, we're making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why is Allah making our brothers and sisters go through this? There are a lot of people who are struggling in terms of their faith. They are losing hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in my previous khutbahs, in all the khatras that we have been conducting here at the Masjid Nayli, it's all about the same thing. Do not lose your hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't understand Allah's plans, but we have to trust Allah's plans. We don't understand Allah's wisdom, but we have to trust Allah's wisdom. We may not know Alimun Ghaib. Allah knows Alimun Ghaib. We have to put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first of all, from a spiritual point of view, there are many people who are having difficulty to hold on to their faith. There are some people who have a problem and have difficulty in holding on to their faith because they become lazy. Whenever there's anything good to do, they just are simply lazy and they cannot do anything that is good and they feel bad. However, this is why Rasulullah has talked about how to overcome laziness. I don't want to address that in my khutbah, but if we find ourselves lazy, find out why are we lazy. A lot of times is the laziness when it comes to fulfilling our religious commitments. It's not because it could be due to a lack of faith, but a lot of times it's the human being who feels that what do I get out of going and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are people who actually believe and they think in this way, that if I miss a salat, what harm will it do to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Not realizing that if we leave out anything, part of our deen, it does not affect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it affects us. And lastly, when it comes to holding on to our deen, I say this due to the current circumstances, that economically also we can be affected. We've seen so many people, Wallahi, if there's one thing that we have seen in these last six weeks, six, six to seven weeks, is that this idea that America proudly calls it as freedom, freedom of speech and so forth, this does not exist. This world has shown us all the first world countries 
whether it's America, whether it's Canada, whether it's Britain, whether it's France, whether it's Germany, whether it's any other place around the world, the people who call themselves first world countries and they boast about freedom, their hypocrisy has become very clear and very evident. There is no such thing called freedom of speech. If you speak up as a pro-Palestinian, you could lose your job, you could lose endorsements, yet there are people who have lost their endorsements. They have been fired from their jobs. This is not freedom of speech. This is a dictatorship. And so when you cannot say whatever you want to say, and yet you can be pro-Israeli, and there's not absolutely nothing wrong with that. So economically, there are a lot of people who are suffering because they are speaking up the hub and they're speaking up the truth. On one end, they want to speak up the truth. On one end, they lose their livelihood and so forth. This is also a type of difficulty that Rasulullah is referring to, that it will be difficult to hold on to your religion. Because holding on to religion does not only mean that you just sit there and you support religion, but supporting religion also includes that you speak up for religion and you speak up against the against the battle and you speak up for the haq. You speak up against oppression and you speak up for the victims. This is part of our religion. So brothers and sisters, and especially our youth, I want you all to understand this. Times may not be uh, easy going forward, but you have to maintain your faith. And this is why I bring you all to, the, to another hadith of Rasulullah where he says, He says that Islam started off as a stranger, meaning that it was something that was strange. People were attacking Islam left, right, and center. And then Allah, the Prophet says, There will come a time again Islam will become like the stranger in the land. It's not about the numbers. Of course, Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. And it will remain the fastest growing religion in the world because of the authenticity and the haq and the truth of Islam. There's no question about that. But what we do know is that there are going to be people who are going to waver in their faith. And we have to understand that the Prophet is telling us that when these times come, you remain with the Hurabah. You remain with the strangers. There are going to be people who are going to attack Islam, but you stay with the Hurabah. Why? Because Rasulullah he himself gives a glad tiding. He says, The glad tidings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are for the Hurabah. It's going to be difficult, but we have to remain committed. We have not even tasted what people of the past have gone through. We have no idea what it is, what our brothers and sisters in Palestine and Gaza are going through. Yes, we see pictures, but to be physically present there and to be physically the victim of this oppression, wallahi, we cannot even fathom that right now. But the Prophet is telling us, no matter where you are, when you and your religion is under attack, and when you and your wall and your backs are against the wall, in that situation, you remain with the strangers. Why? Because the glad tidings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are with the strangers. So no matter what, we will always be proud Muslims. We will always stand by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will always stand by the teachings of Rasulullah And no matter what the situation is, we always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
I tell the parents that teach your children this. Why? Because Rasulullah taught a young child by the name of Ibn Abbas these same exact things. When he says, When you want help, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. And then he taught him, no matter if the entire world were to get together and they try to harm one person, and Allah does not want that person to be harmed, no one can harm that one person. This is Rasulullah teaching a small child about what faith is, what iman is. Likewise, we as parents, we teach our children the same exact thing. Teach them that this hadith of Ibn Abbas. Remind them every single day of this hadith of Ibn Abbas and all the other teachings of Rasulullah Because if we as parents, if we don't teach our kids iman, if we don't teach our kids faith, if we don't teach them what it means to be a proud Muslim, then unfortunately when parents don't do this and the kids grow up with, with weak faith and weak iman, this is why then they give up their deen very easy in the face of oppression. So that is why brothers and sisters, let's remain strong inshallah, teach our kids and especially for the youth, wherever you are, be a proud Muslim. If you're in high school, in middle school, on a college campus, on a university campus, or you're working anywhere, you are to remain a proud Muslim and you stand firm for what our deen is. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make everything easy for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make everything easy for our brothers and sisters around the world. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fi Qur'an Azeem. Wa nafa'ana wa iyyakum rati wa dhikr hakeem. Astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Wa risa'il muslimin fa'astaghfiru innahu al-wafurrahim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and alhamdulillah and alhamdulillah wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yadihi allahu falamudhillalahu wa man yudhillalahadiyalah wa nashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa nashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu amma ba'd Subhanallah, just looking at everything that we have seen one thing I want to urge all of our youth and I want to urge the parents to really start instilling within their children the importance of making sure that their life is productive. You know, all these things that we see, all the big media, all the big corporations and everything that we see, and the owners behind them and so forth, and how one group of people have basically financially are running the entire world. It did not happen overnight. These people were taught since they were kids. When you talk about these big corporations like you know, BlackRock and Vanguard and so forth. And you talk about all these other corporations that do exist and all these people who are the financial giants and so forth, they were not taught now to do this. They were taught since they were kids. And I urge all the youth here and especially the children, do not waste your time. Do something with your life. Do whatever you want and whatever you have a passion for, but do not waste your time. Well, like, there is no point in worrying about how many social media followers you have. It, it does not matter, really honestly, that how many people you're trying to impress and so forth. I tell you all, the youth, if you want to become a journalist, become an amazing journalist. If you want to become a physician, become an amazing physician. If you want to become, a, if you want to become an entrepreneur, become an entrepreneur, but become an amazing entrepreneur. 
Each one of our children here, each one of our youth over here, they have special talents. They have things that you and I, we have as parents till today, we have not discovered, but they have a certain talent. But you have to invest into that talent as parents and as leaders of the community, we have to invest into that talent. We have to bring confidence in their lives and make them whatever they want to become, something that is productive, something that they can benefit others. We have seen today in the world, we have seen today in the world that we need journalists more and more. And so I urge you all as the youth that you have so many opportunities today. Just right now, recently, there was a, an interview that took place. Uh, it was a, an interview between, um, the name is, skips my mind, but it was this spyless journalist known as Pierce Morgan uh, versus, it was, he was talking to, I think so his name was Norman. Um, but he's, he's someone whose family was in the Holocaust and so forth. The, the full name does not come to my mind. But he says something very amazing. He said that he was telling Pierce is that when you talk about these young men in Palestine, in Gaza, because for those of you who don't know, if you are a child in Palestine, in Gaza, or you are a youth in Palestine, in Gaza, you literally have no future. You literally have no future. Just like you, the youth here sitting today, you, the children sitting here today, you have this idea, this ambition that one day I want to grow up and do something. Or down the road, this is what I would like to become. The children in Palestine and Gaza, the youth in Palestine and Gaza, they don't have this. They don't have necessarily opportunities. Whatever comes their way, they will take it. But you, the youth here sitting here today, you, the children here sitting here today, you have an opportunity. Don't waste your opportunity. When it comes to night, go to sleep as early as you can. Wake up for Fajr. Your day begins at Fajr. Our youth are wasting their life. I see, I see youth today, age of 25 and 30 years old. I'm sorry to say this, but you're still living with your parents, still dependent on your parents. This is not the way to live life. You need to grow up. You need to become a man. And you need to start taking life seriously. We need to become more educated. Whatever you want to do in life, you have an opportunity that millions of other children don't have. But yet today we see so many of our youth are wasting their precious lives. They're wasting their precious talents. Our kids, they have talents, but their parents have either destroyed their confidence or have not invested into their confidence. And now they feel like they are a failure. There are so many children I have talked to and they say that I want to do this. When I ask them that, why don't you do what you want to do? They say that, well, no one gave me any support. My parents will always say that you are stupid or you are dumb and you, there is no future for you. Even though, yes, when we, when many of our parents sitting over here, yes, you were said this as a means of motivation when you were growing up by your parents because this is an overseas type of culture that the, when you put someone down, they only, you know, they only rise up and they feel motivated. But our children are different. When you put our children down, they're going to feel demotivated. So that is why, brothers and sisters, especially for the youth, you have an opportunity to do so much change. You have the opportunity to change and bring a change to our society and to be leaders for the future. Please do not waste your future. Whatever good opportunity you have to education, whatever you can do in the community, whatever good passion you have, 
This is why I say good passion, not evil passion, good passion, productive passion that you have, and you can make a difference in the community and so forth. We need all different types of people with all different talents. In the community of Rasulullah every single Sahabi did not have the same talents. Remember this, every single Sahabi did not have the same talents, but Rasulullah had a passion. He knew, he had this intellect, subhanAllah, that where to plug every single Sahabi, where I can use this Sahabi for this good purpose, where I can use this Sahabi for this good purpose. He utilized all the Sahaba to their strengths. Each Sahabi had a strength and they were utilized in the best way. Today we have a lot of strength. We have young minds, bright minds, but we need to ensure that as parents and as adults and as leaders of the community, we only push them forward. We instill confidence in them. If they mess up once, no problem, try again. If they mess up three times, try again. We always are, should support them. This is who we should be. And this is how we can only produce leaders for the future, inshallah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant our youth, our young ones, inshallah, a bright future, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring the best out of them in terms of this dunya and the akhirah, worldly and spiritually. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to protect our youth, boys and girls. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our children in the future. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our upcoming generations. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect their faith. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma sallallahu Islam wa al-Muslimin. Allahumma sallallahu Islam wa al-Muslimin fi kulli makan. Allahumma sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa khalafana. Wahfad biladana wa aslih awladana. Wajfi mawdana wa aafi mumbatalana. Warham mawtana wa khud bi'idina ila kulli khayr. Wa asimna min kulli shar. Wahfadna min kulli dhayr. Allahumma qasimna min khashatika ma tahulu ma tahulu bihi. Bihi bayna wa bayna ma'asiyatik. Wa min ta'atika ma tabalighuna bihi jannatak. ويقين ما تحوين بعينا من صائب الدنيا ومتعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا ما حيثنا وجعل الوارث منا وجعل ثارنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا ولا تسلط علينا من لا يرحمنا اللهم إنا نسلك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل ذا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يستجاب أمين رب العالمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل وإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن فحشاء ومنكر والباغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون أقيم الصنع إن المسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات والقانتين والقانتات والصادقين والصادقات والصابرين والصابرات والخاشعين والخاشعات والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما